you would bow with me in prayer. Loving Father, we thank you this morning that you are mindful of us. What is man? We must mean something to you because you sent your son to offer his life so that we might have access to you once again. We pray for those here present, Lord, whatever their story is, whatever their walk in life is, we thank you that you have brought them here once again, safe and sound, even in the midst of a pandemic. We pray that the service today will be blessed by your presence, that you would forgive us where we have fallen short of your calling in thought, word, or deed, and hide your servant who delivers your message today behind the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I haven't been with you in a while for various reasons. <laughs> the Lord has called me to come today. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus was about to go back to heaven. So he started to have conversations with his disciples that would prepare them for his departure and his subsequent absence. I'm not going to be around here much longer. I just want you to know that I consider you to be my friends. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you in my place. And when I leave, I want you to remember all things that I have taught you about my Father and my mission. I want you to abide in me and love one another. But I have to say, as members of this new church and messengers of its gospel, you're going to have some trouble and some tough times.
These will be brought on by people in power and others who just won't respond to truth. They didn't like what I had to say, and they won't like what you have to say. But I'm telling you this so you'll have peace in the midst of your tribulation. So don't get upset. I have overcome the world. Tribulation and tough times lie ahead for, for truth bearers in this age. The laws of men will clash with the laws of God, resulting in great tribulation for those who side with the laws of God. But while the great clash is still in the future, The prince of darkness has circled his wagons and concocted a daily barrage of misery in the present. We must abide in Christ in all our circumstances and look up and remember that he has overcome the world and is still in charge. I welcomed a brief respite from cabin fever and a chance to inhale a breath of fresh air. The night air pressed against me with a temperature setting somewhere between cold and warm. It was the kind of weather that often finds itself at home in a southwest Florida December. All around me, the darkness was interrupted with lights. They adorned the vegetation. They adorned the house. White lights, colored lights, some still, others flashing in rhythmic patterns as though they were dancing on the darkness. As I looked around, a feeling of satisfaction came over me that I had joined with my neighbors in a not-too-shabby electronic proclamation that Christmas time was here. Then I looked up. In all of its power and glory, the constellation Orion appeared almost directly overhead. It was closer than I had ever seen it. The centerpiece of a panoramic light show, it seemed to push itself closer to the earth than all the other constellations and assorted stars around it. I felt like that at any moment I would leave the earth by its magnetic power and be drawn up into the heavens. Orion is no stranger to my house. It appears to move far and near, but never far, with the Earth's rotation. But while gazing on its majesty, often I am lured into the spontaneous prayers of gratitude. But on this particular night, I chuckled, reminded of the obvious, 
that these little lights of mine that I'd put out to shine were no match for the stars of heaven. Through an inaudible voice, I could hear God speaking to me. I am not opposed to your somewhat secular tribute to the birth of my son. But the earth is going through some dark days now. And you need to look up and know that I'm still in charge. I'm still in charge in spite of your being trapped in the nightmare of 2020. Wrapped in the cold clutches of a suffocative pandemic with its rabid infections and daily deaths, its face mask fashion accessories, and social distancing. I am still in charge in spite of the skyrocketing unemployment, joblessness that drives the formerly stable into the procession of unending food lines. I'm still in charge in spite of the closed and restricted attendance at sports and entertainment venues, altered worship services, and education methods. I'm still in charge in spite of the intensified roller coaster behavior of the stock market, in spite of the deaf ear that has been turned to the cries of racial injustice that have gone on decade after decade. God is an omniscient God all-knowing, he has unequaled prophetic prowess. He knows the beginning from the end. Therefore, it is not folly for me to believe that he offered me the reminder of his in-charge assurance because he knew that Insurrection Wednesday, January 6, 2021, was on the way. In this chaotic time, God wants all of us to look up and remember to trust him. And while you're hanging in, because you can't hang out, take this opportunity to look up and get to know him better. The Bible teaches us the great and important truth that our God is not a distant God who created our world and then left us to ourselves. Instead, he is a God who closely interacts with us. No matter our sorrows, our troubles, or whatever face, whatever we face in life, we can have the assurance that God is near and that we can trust him. We need not trace the entire story here, but we remember when Job, the wealthy Old Testament landowner, was in the midst of his calamity, experiencing the loss of wealth, the loss of his children, a painful skin disease, surrounded by accusative friends and a faithless wife who told him to curse, die and, to curse God and die. 
God was silent until he wasn't. In a barrage of questions, he began to tell Job, there's more to me than you think you know. And as it is so often in modern times, it was on this day in ancient time that God began to reveal himself through the portal of nature. We hear a few of his pointed inquiries as presented by the clear word. Where were you when I created the world? If you know the answer, tell me. Who stretched the measuring line over the globe and decided how large it should be? Do you know? What foundation does the earth rest on? Do you know where the source of light is? Do you know where darkness makes its home? Can you tell the light how far to go or keep the darkness in its place? Can you, by shouting, command the clouds to drench you with rain and cool you? When you're hot, can you tell the lightning which way to go? Does it report to you and say, here I am, I'm at your service? Can you keep the stars in the cluster of the Pleiades going in the same direction? And can you loosen the cords that hold Orion? in place. Sometimes we forget how big God is. Sometimes the blessing of the Lord have us, have us, as it were, walking on water. But it has been proven time and again that life is not always a pathway of ease. Often the debris of despair, the trash of earthly turmoil surrounds us and passes like the wave between Peter and Jesus on the sea. And we find ourselves going down. We can't see Jesus. We can't see the Father. Our sorrows and fears have drowned out their voices. But Jesus and his Father are still on the other side of the wave. In times like these, it would behoove us to look up and remember the message of Hebrews 13.8, contemporary English version. Jesus Christ never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that is with you in your bliss is the same God that is with you in your sadness. The same God that is with you in your triumph is the same God that is with you in your trial. It is safe to trust him whatever your lot. It's safe to trust him whatever the circumstance. The words of the Apostle John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. 
And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the only glory as the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. The prophet Amos says in the Living Bible, Seek him who created the seven stars and the constellation Orion, who turns darkness into morning and day into night, who calls forth the water from the ocean and pours it out as rain upon the land. The Lord Jehovah is his name. It's good to know that you can access omniscience in tough times. It's good to know that you can access omnipotence in tough times. It's good to know that omnipresence is available in tough times. The world and the nation are in sad shape. People seem to do evil just on general principle. People will make it a pastime to try to steal your joy. While traveling down one of the main thoroughfares that leads from my home, I noticed a car pulling up beside me. The windows were down. The music was blaring. I noticed the driver was keeping a side-by-side -side pace as we drove down the highway. His attention was divided between me and the road, looking at once at the road and then back at me. He wore an intimidating and taunting grin on his face. As I was being surprised and a little irritated, I noticed another figure slouched down in the seat beside him, his face half hidden, but his middle finger pointed in my direction. This insulting and unprovoked gesture went on for some time, for some distance until we parted ways. It takes Holy Spirit-driven spiritual guts to live in tough times like these, surrounded by the godless and the spiritual ignorant. When we want to take matters into our own hands, we are called to look up and remember who's in charge and review the message of 1 Peter 3, 9, and I quote from the clear word, don't respond to evil with evil or to cursing with cursing, but just the opposite. Ask God to bless those who mistreat you. This is what God is calling you to do, and he will bless you for it. On this same thoroughfare, while making my way to some long-forgotten destination, I was primed to remember that America isn't always a pleasant place for all of its citizens. As I drove closer, the decal on the back window of a pickup truck soon revealed its sordid message. A spike-haired child urinating. The downward stream of urine landing on the name Martin Luther King. I say again, it takes Holy Spirit-driven spiritual guts to live in times like these.
on the same thoroughfare. During the time the charismatic young senator of color from Illinois had accepted his party's nomination to run for president, the tailgate of a monster white pickup paraded through the traffic bearing the message in large black letters, keep the White House white. On this day, on this first Sabbath of Black History Month, it is painfully apparent that neither the Christian church at large nor the nation have rid themselves of the continued sin of racism. In spite of all of this, the God who created Orion, the omnipotent one in charge, calls and compels me to love my enemies and my neighbor as myself. He loves me. He loves them. In the face of all of this, we have ignored the plea and counsel of the very man targeted by that ignominious urinating figure on the pickup truck window, Martin Luther King, who said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. He also said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. I say in tough times like these, we need to look up and remember that our in-charge God is love. God is love and still in charge in these times when there are some who would be quite comfortable if black men and black women were still considered property numbered with sheep and goats. God is love and still in charge when television and radio and the internet assault us with information overload, where fake news seeks to outpace truth. As truth seeks to make it clear that truth is always, strange, always stranger than fiction. where conspiracy theorists incite the frantic rage of their enchanted adherents. When government is polarized and government leaders choose the intoxicant of power over the welfare of people. When in the midst of pandemic pandemonium, some are vaccinated and others are just frustrated. when citizens are baffled and confused, wondering what next. We would do well to remember the words of Jonah. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. The Lord remembered his people in Egypt. Psalms 106 gives a summary of God's interaction with his chosen people. 
the Apostle Paul reviews some of these experiences in his first letter to the Corinthians. He writes, Now all these things happen to them for ensamples, and they are written down for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. In your journey from the Egypt of earth to the promised land of heaven, mimic Israelite triumphs, avoid repeating their failures. Of the many lessons to be learned from the Israelite experience, remember these, that God is in charge as he feeds you, leads you, and keeps you. Trust his leading, be grateful, and be confident, and be content. Goshen, a region in the northeast sector of the Nile Delta, a place assigned to Joseph's family, the children of Jacob as a land of refuge and relief from their escape from famine and economic distress in Canaan, had become a place of peril and oppression. The Egyptian government that once welcomed them subsequently viewed them as a threat, enslaved them, and sought to crush and subdue them with hard labor and male child infanticide. Those among the Israelites who had remained faithful to Jehovah prayed for deliverance. Prayer changes things. And now they were free. They had witnessed Jehovah's awesome power unleashed on the Egyptians in ten devastating plagues because of Pharaoh's refusal to let Israel go. Astonishingly, one of these plagues, the plague of darkness, was very COVID-like in its effects. Prophetic research explains that the darkness that descended upon the land was so thick that one could almost feel it. The atmosphere is so oppressive that the Egyptians found it difficult to breathe. It was so dark that they couldn't go anywhere. They had to stay in their houses for days. Does that sound familiar? The Hebrews had seen their firstborn children spared, while the Egyptian firstborn Egyptians were slain. They had experienced the miraculous last-minute backs-to-the-wall crossing of the Red Sea on dry land. And in the morning, witnessed the dead bodies of their Egyptian pursuers lying on the shore like dead fish on the shore of the Gulf at the height of red tide. They could look up each day and night and see the miraculous symbols of God's abiding presence, in these, God led them from place to place in a time when there were no, no walkie-talkies, no GPS, no internet, no Siri. The pillar of cloud by day was a canopy that shaded them with a moisturizing coolness in the dry desert heat. And in a time when there was no street lights, a pillar of fire hovered above them and lit up their camp at night. It would stand to reason that if God was constantly working miracles in their behalf, there could or would be more to come as needed 
somehow in spite of all the miracles of the past and all the daily manifestations of God's power, they begin to murmur and complain. They complained when the cloud led them to desolate places and rough places. Why are we going this way when the other way is better? We don't like it here. They failed to look up and remember just who it was that was driving the cloud. They complained when there was no water. And when they were blessed with water, they complained about the food. When they were provided with food, they complained that they wanted another kind of food. In the face of a miracle that fed them daily while on their way to a land that flowed with milk and honey, they longed for the food they ate while they were in their captivity. There was always something. Some are always anticipating evil or magnifying the difficulties that really exist so that their eyes are blinded to the many blessings which demand their gratitude. Reality can be a frightful thing. It takes a real measure of faith to deal with it. It takes faith to see beyond hunger, physical pain, loneliness, empty pockets or the loss of family and friends, the dry deserts of your journey on earth. Maybe you feel battered today, but when you don't have the blessing you seek, acknowledge the blessing you have. Know that miracles still happen. God is in charge. He can feed you, lead you, and keep you in tough times. I leave you with this quote. Circumstances do not determine the climate of the Christian soul. He endures because he sees his invisible Lord and is sustained by the light of divine grace. Heavenly Father, thank you for being you. Help us to be more like you as we face this new week. Attend our way. In Jesus' name.